social capital is actually not too dissimilar from financial capital in the sense that, you know, the, the bank has this expectation that you're going to actually put money in the bank before you try to withdraw money out. Relationships are very much the same. Mm-hmm. You should put something into the relationship. You should invest in the relationship before you start to take something out. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here with another great episode where we go straight to the source to find out what the some of the greatest business leaders in the world have done in their marketing to really move the needle on their businesses. Really thrilled to welcome a guest today, someone I uh, was not as familiar with as some of my other guests previously, but am blown away by this person's resume. And uh, I immediately struck the fact that I could do three or four episodes. <laughs> Dr. Meisner here over uh, all different topics and go very deep. So we're going to pack a lot into our time. So Ivan Meisner, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate being invited. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I want to start with where it all began for you. I believe your company BNI has over 187,000 members around the world. Yeah, we're actually up to 190,000 now. Every time you blink, it goes up. Wow, that's incredible. And started in 1985, so you've been yeah. growing this for about 30 years now. And yeah. so just explain quickly what BNI uh, is and, and you know what's at the foundation of it. Well, BNI is the uh, world's largest uh, business uh, networking and referral marketing organization. We allow one person per profession to join a chapter. Uh, they get together every week and they pass each other referrals. Uh, we have 7,200 groups in 65 countries around the world. And we meet every week. So we literally have 7,200 meetings a week wow. all around the world. Last year, the organization passed uh, 6.6 million referrals. We generated $8.6 billion, with a B, $8.6 billion worth of business for our members all around the world. Now, now Kevin, just so you know, $8.6 billion is the same as the gross domestic product for the country of Liechtenstein. <laughs> Liechtenstein, okay, wow. It's a small country, so, I know, but still, how the, cool is that? How many the, meetings a week happen in Liechtenstein? I'm curious. Hey, we have two groups, one <laughs> or two really? groups that actually meet in Liechtenstein, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, so, you know, there's other groups in the world that had this idea that, oh, okay, if if everybody needs referrals, let's refer good people to good people and let it grow. But nobody's achieved what you've achieved. So what what is the difference? Uh, You know, I think there's a few things. I wrote a book called uh, Masters of Success a few years ago, and and I asked I asked business people, the average business person, what's it take to be successful? What do you think the secret is? And they said things like uh, goals, vision, system, being able to deal with adversity, uh, leverage, uh, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I then asked uh, really successful people, and I had, I had a lot of um, amazing people that contributed to the book like Aaron Brockovich and, and the astronaut Buzz Aldrin and Jack Canfield and Brian Tracy and, you know, pretty well-known people. Mm-hmm. I asked them, what, what do you think it takes to be successful? And you know what they said? 
goals, vision, system, processes, mm. leverage. I mean, they gave me the same list. Hmm. I thought, wow, this is really interesting. Now, when I wrote the book, I was a um, part-time, uh, I was an adjunct faculty member at a university in California. And so I started asking undergraduate students, what do you think it takes to be successful? And you know what they told me? Hmm. Goals, vision, passion, system. <laughs> they gave me the exact same <laughs> list. Now, I thought that was amazing. How could How could... The average business person, really successful people, and undergraduate college students who were wet behind the ears all give me basically the same list. And that's when I came up with this, this notion that success, and this answers your question, success is the uncommon application of common knowledge. Because if we all know what it takes to be successful, then why is it that we are not all as successful as we would like to be in life? I did not create networking. That's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. What I did was I created a system and a process, and, and I applied it like a dog with a bone. I think one of the most important things to be successful is to do six things a thousand times not mm -hmm. a thousand things six times. Mm -hmm. And I did six things a thousand times with a process and a system and a lot of passion. And I think that's the secret for taking my organization global. Amazing. And how quickly did it grow in the beginning? Oh, you know, I tell people I'm a 20-year overnight success. <laughs> it, it, it took me, you know, it took me 20 years before I had uh, a business that was really really something to speak about. I mean, you know, I, I had a job for 20 years <laughs> before it became a real, mm. a real uh, global operation. And I think that's one of the things, you know, we, we live in a, an immediate uh, gratification society. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I see people who are working three, four, five years and they're just like, I just have not achieved the success that I think I should have achieved. Get on with yourself. Right. I mean, come on, it takes time. It takes a long time to build a successful business and to ramp it up and to scale mm. a successful business. We hear about the ones that do it in three or four or five years, but the truth is uh, I, I think it takes more time than what people uh, give it. At least it certainly did for me. And dedication, right? And, and yeah. sticking to the vision, it's so easy to give up when things don't fall in line right away. Yeah, that's very true. And I've had setbacks, a lot of setbacks. And, you know, you got to learn how to deal with those um, setbacks uh, over time. Uh, you know, I think uh, one of the things I learned uh, that certainly wasn't taught to me in uh, graduate school was uh, ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. <laughs> that, that's you know, great. When, when you're on fire and you have some really good ideas and you have good reasons to believe that that'll be successful, Successful, then then run with it and create that system and process and be passionate about it. You gotta be passionate about mm. what you do. When I, was, when I was teaching, I'd have these kids come up to me. Kids, you know, they're 20, 21, 22 years old. And, and they'd say, um, Dr. Meisner, um, what, what business do you think I should go in? And I'd say, well, that's a really good question. And they'd say, well, what, what do you, what's, the, what's the latest, the greatest, the upcoming business that I should go for? I said, well, what, okay, well, what do you love to do? And they'd look at me and they'd say, no, that's, that's not my question. My question is, what, <laughs> what business should I go into? And I even had one kid, I, I said to him a second time, I said, okay, I understand your question. Well, what do you love to do? And he looked at me, I swear, Kevin, he looked at me and he said, no, no, you're, you're not listening to me. 
<laughs> and I said, no, you're not listening to me. What do you love to do? And he said, why is that important? I said, because if I tell you this business, you know, selling widgets is the way you need to go, and you hate selling widgets, you will never be successful. You've got to take something that you're passionate about and, and then find a way to do something related to that field. Then you have a chance of achieving success. Mm-hmm. That's so true. It's so true because it's that passion that's going to get you through the hard times. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, I think uh, an entrepreneur is either working in their flame or working in their wax. Mm-hmm. And when they're working in their flame, they are on fire. They're excited. They love what they do. They're passionate about it. You can hear it in their voice. It shows in their work. When they're working in their wax, it sucks them dry. They just, it just takes all their energy and they're not happy about it. And so the more you can get business people to focus on their flame and get others, get them to have others do their wax, because my wax is somebody else's flame. Right, right. You know, I hate accounting. Mm-hmm. I can I can get around a financial spreadsheet because I have to, but I, it's not my passion. So I'd rather get somebody who loves. I mean, I know people mm-hmm. who love getting their hands in and figuring out the the nitty gritty of a financial statement. And I'm like, God bless you. <laughs> That's your flame, and and I'm glad it is because it's my wax. I love it. One of the things you do in BNI is you help your members uh, get very succinct with their message. Yeah, uh, you have an exercise. I don't know exactly what you call it, but it's all about the sixty-second presentation. Yeah. Why is that so important? Well, every week we have every member and every visitor to the group give. Uh, it, it'll vary depending on how big the group is, but from thirty to sixty seconds, most of them are a minute long. Um, they give a one-minute presentation on who they are and what they do. So imagine that we literally every week have one hundred and ninety thousand people worldwide mm. stand up and. And plus visitors stand up and, and give one minute on who they are and what they do. One of the things that we have discovered over the years is that you've got to be laser specific. Specific is terrific when you're doing a short introduction on who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's counterintuitive to what most business people think. They think that if they have a chance to stand and talk for a minute, they need to tell someone everything <laughs> they do. Right. I'm a full – I can do it all. I can do it, yeah, everything in this field. And that's a huge mistake. What we've discovered is that the more laser-specific you are, the easier it is for someone to draw back and say, you know, they can broaden what you do, but what they can't do is get uh, laser deep with you. Mm. And so the more specific you are in explaining a product, a service, and there's nothing wrong with saying we do much more than this, but here's an example of one of the things that we do. And then you drill down deep. And, and what that does is that it snaps something with people. It's like, oh, I know somebody. Or later on, they'll say, you know, I know somebody that can do that for you. They'll remember that. But if you just say you're a full service, whatever, you will be totally lost in the white noise of people speaking. Yeah, great point. Could you, I'll put you on the spot just a little bit here. Could you give us an example of too broad and laser specific for the same occupation or superpower? Yeah, absolutely. Same profession. Seen it done. Two different two different people do the same same profession. Uh, one stood up and said, uh, "I'm a florist. I'm a full service florist. I can do everything that uh, any floral shop can do. You all know what a florist shop does, right?" And everybody, it's like 
It's like the dogs in the uh, windows of the back of the cars, right? <laughs> They're uh, the bobblehead dogs. Their heads were bobbing up and down. Yeah, yeah, we know what a florist is. We get it. That's fine. And I remember thinking, man, I don't know anything about this florist. Are they an FTD florist? Do they take, um, can I set up an account with them? Um, do, you know, do they do weddings? I didn't know any of that. On the other hand, I saw a guy who stood up at one BNI meeting and he said, today I want to talk about roses. And he held up a, a single rose, Kevin, one rose. And it was, it was wrapped in cellophane and, you could, and it had a grocery store sticker on it. It came from a grocery store. And it was probably, you know, 12 inches, maybe 14 inches long. And he held it up, real thin uh, stem. He held it up and he said, uh, here's, here's a, a store from, here's a rose from the grocery store. And, and he said, what do you guys think of this? And of course, everyone knew it was from a grocery store. So they, you know, they didn't want to say anything. He said, it's okay. You can be honest. They, they, I bought it at the, you know, XYZ grocery store just on the block before I came to the meeting. He said, they do a pretty good job on their roses. But let me show you mine. And he reached under the table. And I'm not kidding. He pulled out this, this long stem rose that was two feet long. Mm-hmm. It had a, a, a stem that was as thick as a pencil. Mm. And he held it up and he said, I want you to look. Now, look how specific he's getting. I want you to look at the stem mm. of my rose compared to the grocery store rose. Look how thick it is. Now, that's important because the more water it can draw up, the larger the flower. The flower was two and a half times the size of the grocery store rose. He said, look how much larger the rose is from the kinds of flowers that we sell. And then he held it up from the tip and it stood, you know, strong and firm. And then he held up the, the tip, he held it from the tip of the, a grocery store and he waved it back and forth and it flopped, you know, <laughs> back and forth. And he said, look at the difference between the two uh, roses. There's only three cents difference wow. in price. Theirs is more. Wow. He nailed it. Oh, there man. was not a single person in that room who wasn't thinking, I'm an idiot if I buy roses from the grocery store. I can not only get a better rose, it's actually a few pennies cheaper. That's the perfect example mm. of how being specific is terrific. Wow, what a great what a great example. And I'll tell you, for me, what stood out there, Ivan, is that what he did was he taught something, right? Yep. In such a short span of time, I think if you can if you can teach impart some wisdom that right. makes everybody feel like, ah, I'm smarter than I was a minute ago, and uh, it's changed the way I see something I've been looking at my whole life. You, you nailed it on the head with that, and I didn't mention that. You're absolutely correct. I could, I could see him. I could envision him in the back room of his floral shop teaching an employee how to present the difference between roses that uh, they can get at a grocery store versus the floral shop. It is all about education. You are absolutely correct. Awesome. Just awesome. Excellent. You have written uh, 17 books. A few more now, but who's counting? (laughs) My numbers are fresh and they've gone up just since uh, we we booked this. I love this. Uh, You wrote three books last week, (laughs) but uh, so some major, major bestsellers. Talk to me a little bit about your favorite book and, and, and why it's your favorite book. Do you have one that really stands out? If you could only hand me one of your books, what would it be? Oh, you know, that, that's like saying which one of your kids are your favorite <laughs> children, you know? Um, 
Uh, it's hard to say. I, I really love the Masters of Success book. Uh, I think that's great. I think uh, one, of, one of my favorites is a, a book that's uh, still uh, uh, widely sold, and it's called Networking Like a Pro. Mm. Networking Like a Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really good one. And I just came out with one literally a, a few weeks ago. It's called Avoiding the Networking Disconnect. Mm. The networking disconnect. Now, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a one minute on the whole book. It, it, it starts with this concept. I went to a conference uh, a number of years ago. It was a networking event, and I was the keynote speaker. There were a 1,000 people in the audience. I stood up, and I asked this question. I said uh, to the audience, how many of you are here today? Raise your hands if you're hoping to maybe just possibly sell something. Kevin, 1,000 people raised their hand. <laughs> okay? I, I'm not kidding, man. The whole room raised their hand. Like, Great. Good. Perfect. Thank you. Now, second question. How many of you are here today? I said, raise your hand. If you're here today, hoping to possibly, you know, maybe just possibly buy something. Mm. Nobody raised their hands. Not one single person. This is what I call the networking disconnect. People show up at networking events wanting to sell, but nobody is there to buy. And that's why people hate networking, or at least some people hate networking, because they go to a networking event and they feel like they need to get a shower afterwards because the, right. you know, everybody's just constantly selling to them. Right, right. Amazing. And so how do we get past that disconnect? We just Okay, so the key is it's really the foundation of everything I teach is understanding a concept I call the VC. P process. It stands for visibility, credibility, profitability. So if you're not going to networking events to sell, look, I get it, man. I'm, I'm in business. I, you know, if I'm going to go to a networking event, I want to be able to do business. But it, you have to go deeper than that because networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. Mm. It's about cultivating relationships. So you have to understand the VCP process. It stands for visibility, credibility, profitability. First, you have to be visible. People have to know who you are. And what you do. And then you have to establish credibility. And that's where people know who you are. They know what you do. And they know you're good at it. Mm-hmm. And they may know you're good at it because they've seen you work. They maybe even have used your services or they've heard other people talk about you. You've come referred, you know, others have referred you. But you've established credibility. Then and only then can you get to profitability where people know who you are. They know what you do. They know you're good at it. Um, I, I wrote another book called... Um, Business, networking, and sex. Yeah, Not I love that title. Yeah, yeah it's, it's about the difference between men and women and how they network. And when and where networking goes wrong is when people try to jump over visibility. They try to jump over credibility. They want to get right to profitability. Hi, Kevin. My name's Ivan. Would you refer people to me? Here's two or three of my cards. If you know somebody who's using <laughs> services, maybe you could refer me. We call that in the book, we call that premature solicitation. Which <laughs> you don't want to say fast three times. It'll get you in trouble. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Boy, this is good stuff. So those are the books. Yeah, and just look up uh, Dr. Ivan Meisner there on uh, Amazon, and you'll you'll have uh, plenty of study for your yeah, entire... Yeah, actually just Ivan Meisner. It's just you Ivan Meisner. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I love the, the farming hunting analogy. Uh, I love this one, too, about what it means to ask somebody for a referral. You say, referrals are very powerful. When I refer you, I give a little bit of my reputation away. If you do a good job, my friend that hired you is pleased. But if you do yeah. a bad job, that reflects bad me on me, and people forget that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, when you give a referral, you give a little bit of your reputation away. If you give a good referral, it enhances your reputation. If you give a bad referral, it hurts your reputation. 
And so it's really important that um, the referrals that you give uh, are ones that enhance your uh, reputation. Right. So you go back to what you said about the, you know, people just walking up and asking, well, why would they? You have to show them how referring right. you is going to make them look brilliant. Yeah. And that and, may, may take a little time. Uh, like you said, that you know, we have to stick to things. But uh, yeah. building a reputation is, is the, probably the best investment you can make. And it is. And one of the things I hear all the time is uh, people say, well, you know, it never hurts to ask, right? Hmm. Wrong. <laughs> totally wrong. It absolutely hurts to ask. If somebody asks me for something before they've built any social capital with me at all, not only am I going to say no, I'll, I'll probably do it as tactful as possible. But not only am I going to say no, I'll probably never want to have a chat with them again because I know that they're hunters, yeah. not farmers. They're just looking for what they can get from me. It's like social capital is actually not too dissimilar from financial capital in the sense that, you know, the, the bank has this expectation that you're going to actually put money in the bank before you try to withdraw money out relationships are very much the same. Mm -hmm. You should put something into the relationship. You should invest in the relationship before you start to take something out. Again, give me an example. I have, I have a good friend. His name's Alex. And Alex, um, he called me up one day and he, and he had an idea. And, and I, thought, I, thought, actually, I thought he was going to try and sell me something. Okay, Because I get sold to all the time, even though people read my stuff. And, <laughs> sell them. and I'll say, well, how can I help you with this, Alex? And he's like, no, nothing. I, I just thought this would be a good idea. And as a matter of fact, if you want to, I'd be glad to do it for you. And, and, and I'm not going to charge you anything. I just think it's a great idea and I'd love to see you do it. It wasn't a big deal, but I said, okay, yeah, sure, why not? So every two or three months, this guy would call me up and he'd have this new idea or he would do something else. And I kept asking him. Now I'm starting to feel guilty because he's, mm. <laughs> you know, he's doing all this for me. And he, not big stuff, but little things here and there. Did it for about a year. Then one day he called me up out of the blue and he said, Hey, um, Ivan, I, I've got a favor to ask. And I said, Alex, stop. I said, the answer is yes. He said, I haven't even told you what the favor is. He said, I said, look, I've known you now for a couple of years. We've been talking a lot for the last year. You have done nothing but invest in this relationship. It's time that I contribute back. I cannot possibly imagine that you're going to ask me for anything that I would be uncomfortable with. The answer is yes. What do you want? He told me what it was. It was no big deal. I was happy to do it. Hmm. But to me, that's the way you build a relationship. You invest in that other person so that by the time you ask for a withdrawal, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that's the misconception people have is that if I just walk up and, I, and they say to people, hey, what can I do for you? And then the, the person will say, I don't know, what do you do? And they're like, well, I'm really just like starting out. I'm brand new at this. I'm not sure what I could do for you. <laughs> well, they don't know either, right? Yeah, so that's, that's bad. Yeah, so have your vision. And also, if you're in a networking situation where you don't feel like you can offer someone immediate value, a good thing to do is be inquisitive, right? Ask smart yes. questions. Yes, be interested, not interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think all too often people are trying to be interesting as right. opposed to being interested. They feel like that's their shot, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I got to win, win them over in this one minute here. <laughs> yeah. And that's the worst thing to do, especially if you're networking up. Mm, you're right. Right. Because if you're networking up, I mean, you know, you're networking with somebody who's really successful. You got to understand they're hit up on all the time. 
buy this, look at this, see this, refer this. And you want to stand out, find a way to help them. Yeah. If you can find a way to help them. And it really, I'm listen, I've had an opportunity to meet uh, Richard Branson a few times. Mm-hmm. And um, the last time I was, I was actually on Necker Island, uh, which is his pr- uh, private island. And, and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to get to know him a little bit better. And so I did a little research, found out what he was uh, uh, doing, and he's, he's uh, really big into this uh, uh, program called the B Team, which is the, uh, the business team, and it's about how business can make a difference and it can, it can uh, uh, you know, uh, solve problems that government maybe isn't solving. And so I did a little research on it, and um, when I spoke to him, I said, hey, so tell me about the B Team. You know, what, what do you got going to be? Oh, he lit up. He lit up. He just, he went on about, you know, what, what the B Team is and how it and so I said, you know, uh, you know, I run a network. We've got, you know, a lot of business people around the world. How can I help you with it? That was it. That's what I asked him. How can I help you with that? And he said, gee, I, you know, I don't know. You know, what do you think? I said, well, you know, I, I have a blog. I've got 190,000 members. Uh, I'd be happy to promote the B team if you want, to, want me to do something on my blog. He said, yeah, that'd be great. I said, you know, maybe do a video. He said, yeah, that'd be fantastic. No, if I had just gone up to him and said, hey, would, hey, Richard, would you do a video with me for my blog? Then I'm asking for a favor. Right. But instead, I just did a little homework. And look, that could have backfired. He could have, you know, mm-hmm. he could have said no, he wasn't, you know, he could have not brought up a topic. He could have not been interested in the B team. He could have said, look, there's nothing you could do. So, you know, I, I don't want to sound too brilliant because it, it wasn't me. It was him. And I was just going with the thing that I thought he was interested in. Right. And, and, I, and I was right. And luckily, and I suggested my blog. And he loved it. And so now there's a, I, I did a video with him a couple of years ago. It's at IvanMeisner.com. If you just search Richard Branson, you'll see this down and dirty flip video that I did with Branson on Necker Island. And that's the way you network up, Excellent. I think. Yeah, that's huge. And again, the, the takeaway is there that, yeah, you humbly say it may not have worked. And you're right. It could have just been a, a non-conversation, but it it wasn't. And the difference is, you had something, you know, yeah. you, you, you'd invested in the opportunity to really serve him and do something yeah. cool for something he cared about. Yes. And, and, and the next time I saw him, it wasn't like, oh, crap, it's that guy again. He's <laughs> going to want me to ask. He's going to ask me for something else. Right. Instead, it was like, hey, how are you doing? Good to see you again. You know, right. we, we have a conversation. Excellent. Love it. Uh, in the few minutes we have left, I, I'd love to talk quickly about something that, uh, if my research is correct, it was a life-changing event for you and such kind of created a, a new business for you, which is the Meisner Plan. Yeah. Do you mind telling me a little bit about that story and, and what the yeah. Meisner Plan is? Well, it, we, are, we have turned it into a book, but it's really not a new business. I'm giving everything away mm. on that. We, we created a website. It's called MeisnerPlan.com. Um, MeisnerPlan.com, M-I-S-N-E-R, Plan.com. So uh, almost four years ago, uh, four years ago in March, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And I was told that I had six months to make a decision as to what kind of surgery I want to do or radiation or whatever. And um, so I said, okay. And while I was researching what I wanted to do, uh, I was kind of nudged by my wife to change my eating habits and to really get into a holistic 
protocol uh, with food. And I figured, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, you know, she was like, this, you know, this this can help actually with the cancer. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. At least, at least I'll be in a healthier place. So when I go do surgery, I'll be healthier. In about three months, I lost over 40 pounds. Hmm. And we, we were still doing the tests. And lo and behold, my, my scores plateaued. They stopped going up. Wow. At the end of nine months, the doctor who was ready to go to surgery said to me, what the hell are you doing? It, these numbers are down. You're in remission. What are you doing? And I, I told him, you know, about the, the, the radical change in diet that I made. And, you know, he was a urologist. Urologists are surgeons. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're surgeons. And if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So they, 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 they want to do surgery. So he didn't quite get it. But I went into complete remission. I've been in remission for almost four years now, um, or three and a half years now, um, uh, just from changing my diet. So people would ask me, what did you do? And it takes a half hour, an hour to explain the details of it. So what I did was I just put everything up on my website, meisnerplan.com. Everything there is free. There is a there is a digital book that you can buy from Amazon, but all the information there is, is all free. And I urge people that are having health issues uh, go do it. In a nutshell, it's no no processed foods. Yeah. It, you know, I eat food that comes off of a plant, not food that is made in a plant. <laughs> That's okay? great. Yeah. So yeah. it, it, it uh, and organic. So organic, non-processed foods. Even Hippocrates, the father of modern res- uh, medicine, said. Let food be your medicine and medicine your food. Mm. And I think that's one part of um, medicine that Western medicine has forgotten. And it's all about surgery, radiation, and, and, and whatnot. Now, everybody's different. I'm not a medical doctor. Right. I'm a PhD. Go see your medical doctor. This is the direction I took. And wow, am I glad I did. Amazing. Wow. And it had a great effect on your wife, Beth, as well. It did, yeah. It had some amazing health effects on her, and she was already pretty healthy, but uh, some incredible things happened to her. We also have a Facebook page, uh, so if you go to Facebook and look up Meisner Plan, you'll find us. Go go like it uh, and check out our website. We're not selling anything. That's great. Yeah. Uh, we do have people that you know sell uh, supplements or whatnot, and we refer them, mm-hmm. but we don't make any money on any of the people we refer. I just want to give this stuff away. And, and, and I want to do it because I was not a believer. Right, right. And, and it made such a huge change in my life. Uh, I just put it all up there for free. Good for you. That's great. And there's a 90-day challenge. If you want to, you know, jumpstart this and, and who knows what it could do for your life. I have to mention this amazing, you, you, you know, you do an amazing amount of uh, philanthropy and charitable work. You work a lot with young people to help help them understand business and, and entrepreneurialism. That's yeah. something close to my heart. My children are uh, 12 and 9. And oh, they're at a great age. At 13, aliens will come and take them. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Yeah. My, they bring them back in their 20s, but uh, right <laughs> 12, 13, man, the aliens come take your kids. Oh, boy. When mine was uh, a teenager, my oldest was a teenager, she said to me, Dad, you're not only not with it, you're not even near it. <laughs> That's not a joke. She really said that. Oh, man. I told her, you still have to be home at 10 o'clock. I don't care, honey. I know. I'm just counting every hug I get at this point, you know, from oh, my yeah, son. Yeah. Oh, boy. But the nice thing is when they hit their 20s, they come back. And, and all of a sudden, you know, in their teens, you're an idiot, a total idiot. Yeah. You know nothing. But by the time they're in their 20s, dad's, dad's a little smarter than I remember. 
Yeah. I, I specifically remember calling my father at like 21 <laughs> to, to go, man, sorry. Wow. It just, yeah. it just hit me on a long drive how amazing you were. <laughs> yeah, that's good. They do come back. Okay, good. Well, you are Red Cross's Humanitarian of the Year. Congratulations. It's, it's It's an amazing award. It's not the only one you've won. You've also won it from the Haynes Children's Center in, in 2005. Uh, but, you know, the Red Cross to me is a fascinating organization. Talk to me about why you were given that award and, and help us all understand how we can help the Red Cross. Well, you know, I, um, we, we were very active in a number of programs at the Red Cross, including, uh, you know, it really starting with 9-11 and then Katrina. I think uh, BNI ended up, uh, con- BNI was the largest contributor at to the Red Cross in Claremont, California. Mm. We were the single largest contributor to uh, Katrina. Mm. Uh, ended up giving, um, oh, I think it was about $130,000 um, to, and that wasn't just me, that was many, many, many BNI members. Uh, my wife and I contributed, BNI contributed. So, but we we kind of spearheaded it and they were very, generous and kind and and recognized us for the efforts that we did for a number of programs, including Katrina and 9-11 and and many others. Um, You know, here's the thing. And and I've been, you know, contributing my time and my money for years to causes that I think are important in the world. But, but, but here's, here's what I have always kept in my mind. I believe that I may not make a world of difference, but I can make a difference in the world. And it may be incremental and a little bit here and a little bit there. And if I continue to do it throughout my lifetime, I make a difference in the world. And that's really all I'm trying to do is make a difference in the world for certain people, for as many people as I possibly can. And that's it, you know, just my ongoing contributions. And I think if more of us thought that way, the world would be a better place. Yeah, and it does something for us too, doesn't it? It certainly has for me. Uh, you know, I, it, you know, I, I uh, recently gave uh, a pretty decent chunk of money to a couple of charities. And I got to tell you, you just feel great. I know it sounds crazy for people who haven't given away a lot of money to charities um it sounds strange but it just it just makes your day yeah <laughs> you just feel, when, when you give a, a, a hunk of change and and they start just crying on the other end of the phone or in person you just feel great because you know you just impacted their organization in a real palpable way yeah and I think money flows. Part of your responsibility is to keep it flowing in the direction of your choosing, right? Yeah. And, and that's how you leave your mark. And one of the things you say in BNI is that givers gain. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Well, I want to respect your time. I'm so thankful that you did this interview. It's incredibly inspiring. And I'm thrilled to share you with my audience. And uh, uh, the best place, I think, for them to come and immerse in your world is uh, BNI. Yeah. BNI.com um, is our website for BNI. And, of course, I have a blog, IvanMeisner.com. That's I-V-A-N-M-I-S-N-E-R. And just educational content. You want to learn how to network and learn a little about business, uh, IvanMeisner.com. Love it. And, of course, the Meisner Plan. 
Meisnerplan.com. Yeah. For if, you know, if you've got some health issues or you know somebody that has some health issues or you just want to be in a better place health wise. Again, we're not selling anything there. Just lots of information. Yeah. Good. Avoid those middle aisles in the grocery store. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ivan, it's great meeting you and thank you so much for doing this. We'll, we'll talk again soon. I hope. Yeah. My pleasure, Kevin. Anytime. Take care. That felt good. I think that was a really good show. Yeah, I dug it. Hey, if you want the show notes and the links we mentioned, uh, head over to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M. That's copychief.com forward slash T-A-M. And it's all waiting for you right there. If you're interested in getting uh, coaching from me on business, on copywriting, plus access to all the amazing trainings like the Fast Wins Copy Course and the 60 Second Sales Hook, Plus the community, that's the real golden ticket. The community of like-minded, helpful, cool business owners and uh, professional copywriters. You should come on the inside of CopyChief. You can get the best deal. Shh, it's our secret. CopyChief.com forward slash special. I'll watch for you inside.